Welcome to Funeral Gurus Radio. I'm your host, Robin Heppel from FuneralFutures.com. Today we're continuing our series of funeral showcase interviews where we showcase different vendors from the funeral industry. Today's guest is Doug Gober from Live Oak Bank. Doug, welcome to the interview. Thank you, Rob. It's great to be with you. Now, hey, Doug, can you, um, you know, give a little bit of background about yourself and then uh, about Live Oak Bank as well? Yes, I can. I, Rob, I'm probably the most fortunate guy to ever walk the planet in funeral service because I've been fortunate enough to uh, be involved in a lot of different projects and companies, important companies, to funeral service through the last 35 years. I started working, uh, it's actually 34 years just now, in December of 1978 is when I began in the, in the funeral business and have worked with uh, some of the major suppliers, Batesville Casket, Matthews International. Uh, I worked with the York Group prior to their acquisition with Matthews International. I have run a uh, small consulting business where I've built over 100 funeral homes through the years and have done a lot of work with merchandising programs that are being used nationwide. I've also spent some time with carriage services on the retail side. And then in October of 2011, was approached by a company named Live Oak Bank who was interested in expanding their offer for financing into the funeral service area. And so uh, that's a little bit about how I've spent my time in 34 years of work. And it's uh, been very rewarding. And so the work that I'm doing now is, uh, is probably the, the culmination of all of the time spent in the past working for other important suppliers in funeral service and kind of looking at funeral service from the outside in all these years and really trying to determine what is the best way to encounter the customer and then what can we do to help the provider, the funeral provider, uh, be at the top of their game in doing so. And so that's uh, just a, a short synopsis about where I've spent my time. Great. Now, and can you maybe then give a little bit of background about Live Oak Bank since they're relatively new to um, to the industry? Live Oak Bank is not only relatively new to the industry in banking terms, Live Oak Bank is really a fairly new institution. They started in May of 2007 uh, with the intent of making SBA lending available to veterinary clinics nationwide. And that program was successful enough it just focused uh, specifically at that time on veterinary clinics. And that program was successful enough that over the next four years, they've expanded that same methodology into independent pharmacists, independent dentists, and then in the fall of 2011 into uh, funeral homes. And uh, the idea being that if you're very focused on a very cumbersome, difficult process, that you can get pretty good at it. Uh, SBA lending uh, provides long-term permanent financing for professionals that they have difficulty getting anywhere else in the open marketplace. And uh, so Live Oak Bank is a very specialized niche bank that does nothing but, they don't have checking accounts, they don't have tellers, they don't have branches, they don't have brick and mortar. They only have one location. The bank is based in Wilmington, North Carolina. But because of the, a the SBA program is a national program, it enables uh, Live Oak Bank from their base in Wilmington, North Carolina to do lending nationwide. And so we've taken the SBA 
uh, program that's available operating within the guidelines of the SBA program and made that offer available to funeral homes, dentists, veterinary clinics, and pharmacists nationwide. And I am only focused on the, the death care funeral home piece of that. Okay. So now for... Um for some, for a funeral home or for an entrepreneur or funeral director looking, um, like, is this, would you help them if they're starting a new business or is this for, um, maybe some debt consolidation or is it for maybe expansion or acquisition or all of the above? How does that work? The answer to your question would be yes. Uh, we do all those things and, and then a few others, uh, uh, certainly, uh, one of the things that we do is we offer up to 100% financing for acquisitions and, and expansions and refinancing, uh, including all the closing costs and even potentially adding in some working capital for the business. Uh, and that is a very, uh, all, it's almost an impossible thing to get that in the open uh, conventional banking marketplace today. The SBA program is very cumbersome being a government program but when you're very focused on it you can get pretty good at it and we can do pretty much anything that a funeral home wants to do we do less of startups obviously there's not a lot of startups occurring in funeral service today if a firm had an existing business and they wanted to build a new place in the next town over uh, certainly that would be something we would uh, be involved in we don't do too many straight startups of cemeteries or funeral homes, uh, mainly because there's not a lot of that occurring in the marketplace. It may be an existing business that needs to build a new funeral home out on the bypass now to replace their old one, but we can use the cash flows and the equity that they have that exist in their existing funeral business to help to finance the, uh, the new location. So that's really a replacement business, if you will. And then if someone wants to expand into the next town and buy the funeral home in the next town, we can use the equity that exists in their current business to help provide the, uh, the equity requirements of uh, loans, anywhere from 10 to 25% normally equity requirements in these loans. But if a person has an existing business, then that equity can simply be the cash flow from their existing operations. One of the things I think is important to point out early from a banking standpoint is that we are not real estate lenders. We are not lending money on the basis of the, of the uh, appraised value of real estate and a certain percentage of that appraised value. We are lending on the basis of the cash flow of the business. And so if someone wanted to either buy or build or establish a business in a new area, and they have an existing business, then their their equity requirement and their uh, may be zero, because we're using the equity that is already built up in their existing cash flow in their existing business, and that is a totally different approach to financing. But because of that, we will we will not make bad loans. We will not make loans to people whose cash flow is marginal. We tend to be working with people whose cash flow is existing cash flow is good and their existing credit ratings are good. And so that allows us to do things on a permanent long term. We'll finance uh, uh, funeral homes uh, projects up to 25 years. 
permanent financing with no calls, no balloons, no covenants attached to these loans. Mm-hmm. And so this is a totally different kind of financing than is sort of available in the open conventional marketplace. Now, are there, like, if um, so if someone's in that situation and they're looking for, uh, you know, for funding, uh, what what are their options? So basically, who are your... Who are your competitors, and and what makes you different? And it, and you've already mentioned some of the things that make your offering unique. But um, like you know, generally speaking, I guess they can approach their bank, and you know, they can approach their local bank. And there are other lenders uh, within funeral service. Uh, uh, several of the large pre need companies, uh, uh, you know, will make loans to uh, their customers. Uh, for these kinds of things that I'm referring to, for uh, those same kinds of acquisitions or refinance or whatever, but normally, even within funeral services, all those uh, providers of that type of financing normally have uh, uh, some kind of covenants attached to those loans, or they're short-term in nature. They're, they may have a 15- or 20-year amortization for the payment, but the loan is on a four, a five to seven year balloon, three to five to seven year balloon, where it effectively is uh, refinanced and becomes a new loan every five years or so. so In addition some- to that, uh, they also will uh, may be asking for uh, for your business. Uh, you know, we'll we'll be more than happy to finance your. Expansion in your existing location, or, or adding the crematory, or whatever it is you feel like needs to be done, as long as you'll uh, commit to us that we'll have your pre-need business. Or there's also, you know, some other covenants or th- things attached to it. And they all have uh, fairly low uh, lending requirements. Uh, they won't go over certain levels. The uh, one of the things that the SBA program allows us to do is to go up to five million per borrower. Uh, per individual, and, and each each SBA loan is a personally guaranteed loan, uh, and so we are looking at the the guarantor's personal financial strength, and then the cash flow of the business that we're looking to either refinance or finance. Hmm. And so it's a very unique approach compared to what's in the open marketplace, even though. There are a number, we do have a number of competitors, and of course, every uh, local bank in America would be considered our competitor, And uh, but they're, they're so inexperienced with the SBA lending that it makes it very difficult, uh, In the certainly in the current banking environment, it makes it very difficult for the local bank who has no SBA experience to get involved in the detail and the paperwork that's involved in a government loan. Well, and, and so they tend to stay away from it. Doug, maybe if we could step back a bit, and could you expand a little bit on uh, you know, uh, SBA and you know the, its definition and what it is and what makes it um, different? Yeah, the Small Business Administration was put in place for two, basically for two purposes. One was to maintain jobs, and the second was to grow jobs. That in its in its infancy and in its creation, that was the purpose of the program was to allow. Uh, uh, and, and small business is a very uh, uh, it, it's a misnomer. If you're not a public company and you're not operating with public money, you probably qualify as a small business. 
uh, under the terms of the Small Business Administration. Big, important uh, businesses still qualify for these kinds of, uh, of loans because, again, it's not based on just the value of the business. It's based on the value of the, in, of the individual guarantor's personal assets. And that's a very large number normally for anybody personally. Mm-hmm. The corporate assets may be even higher, but the uh, individual's assets are not that are guaranteeing the loan. And so, therefore, it makes it a, the programs available to a broad base of, of business in the U.S. And so small uh, is, is important to define that. And there are some parameters that the SBA uses to do that. But the program itself is available through any uh, banking institution in the U.S. who have... Uh, you know, offered themselves up to be SBA lenders and use that program. Most conventional banks would prefer that you go through their conventional banking process, and they'll tend to use the SBA offer as an afterthought. If for some reason, uh, because of goodwill or intangible assets that are trying to be financed, and maybe I'll give an example of that in a moment, uh, it, it just doesn't fit within the conventional real estate valued uh, mindset, they may toss it over into their SBA department, and many of the large commercial banks certainly have those, and see if they can do something with it. But again, you end up dealing with a very cumbersome, detailed process, and you're not talking to the person that's making the loan decisions and those kind of things. And so SBA's kind of gotten a little bit of a bad rap because of that. But in, in funeral service terms and in terms of the businesses that we've specifically focused on, what we're really talking about in its simplest terms is this, is that long-term permanent businesses such as funeral service really need and deserve long-term permanent financing. And in the current marketplace, that's very difficult to come by. And so the SBA program that we're able to utilize that has been in place now for quite a number of years is is a very effective way for uh, our constituents in funeral service to take advantage of long-term permanent financing that can't be called. It, it, it doesn't have anything on The only way you can, uh, and, and I'll be very crass about this, the only way you can screw up an SBA loan is if you don't make the payment or you are convicted of tax evasion or some federal offense. <laughs> uh, beyond that, the loan legitimately almost can't be called. Uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm, there are specific provisions where it can be, sure. but they're nothing like a five-year balloon covenant that, that comes up in most conventional financing. So the SBA program, uh, the other thing that the SBA program allows a local bank that normally focuses on its local footprint, like Live Oak Bank, normally would not lend outside of its county. A small community bank rarely lends outside of its county. Mm -hmm. But by using the SBA program exclusively, it allows Live Oak Bank to be a lender nationally. Uh, I mean, we've made funeral home loans in in the 12 months that we've been making and originating funeral home loans. We've made funeral home loans in Alaska, and uh, our largest state is California. And, and the bank is based in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. But by using the, nation, the nationwide program and yet still having these personal contacts with uh, customers all over the country, it, it is a big advantage uh, 
you know, to have one company sort of focused on that ability to do that. There are other uh, SBA lenders also who have kind of uh, perked up. And uh, they tend to, uh, this was true in the veterinary business as well as pharmacies and dentists, and now it's becoming true in funeral service, that once they see that that uh, somebody is doing well with SBA lending, because all these numbers are public and they're published as far as what we're doing, in uh, at least as a bank, not in each individual area, but at least as a bank, the numbers are published by SBA as far as who's doing what, and once some of these other banking institutions out there that tend to focus their efforts on SBA across the board see that you're doing well in a certain industry, they'll suddenly start perking up within that industry. And they have in vets and, uh, and dentists and pharmacies. And it just this year, uh, even since the first of 2012, have begun to sort of uh, raise their heads into funeral service a little bit as well. And so uh, there are competitors there. It's just that no one's focused on it the way we are. Okay, gotcha. No, hey Doug, the in the like the application process, is it very similar? Like if um, you know if someone's gonna you know want to go ahead to get some financing, um, is it is it pretty well the same? And like, are the interest rates kind of comparable, or are they a little higher that, since it's locked in for twenty five years? Or yes, if. Most of the loans that we're making, because the variable rates are so low today, uh, our, our loans are strictly tied to the, uh, the, the Wall Street Journal Prime, and, and the SBA publishes uh, what those uh, add-ons to that number can be for any individual bank. You know, it's 2.75, uh, excuse me, 2% above prime. Prime now being at three and a quarter or three, right around three to three and a quarter, and so our interest rate on a variable loan is five percent, and that is a it's quarterly variable, and that scares a lot of people. And so we also have available a fixed rate uh, loan, which right now is running, uh, and I'm going to generic this. I don't know the specific number; it may be seven point one or seven point two, but right now it's right around seven percent. But, and so that would be a little bit higher than maybe a 4 to 4.5% number that might be available to someone on a five-year balloon from a local conventional institution. But, but in this case, that 7% permanent is fixed permanent for 25 years. And so we're kind of hedging our bet on a 25-year mm-hmm. uh, fixed rate. And so most of what we've seen, we also offer an interesting uh, uh, sideline to that. We will, we will split the loan. Let's say that we're making a $2 million loan to a funeral home for an acquisition. If they wanted to hedge their bets a little bit, we would make a uh, a million-dollar fixed loan and a million-dollar variable loan. And, they, you know, depending on how the market is going, they could pay one or the other off quicker. Oh, Okay. And so there's a lot of flexibility that we have to offer that's not offered at many banks. But the, but the rates are very competitive as far as what's in the open marketplace. And because of the 25-year amortization, obviously the debt service requirements for a particular firm can go down dramatically. Um, there was one particular firm that we recently closed that their savings on their debt service um, for $221,000 annually. 
Hmm. Over 20,000, you know, almost 20,000 a month that they were saving uh, on their annual debt service. Now, we had, we're taking a 15 to 20-year amortized uh, loan, refinancing it, putting it over 25 years, uh, consolidating, as you mentioned earlier, several loans that were all having their own payment and their own standalone fees and so forth, and putting all that together, and that's where all that savings was coming from. But in almost every case and every loan that we have made, uh, the debt service requirements on a monthly basis have gone down. Okay. Wow. Well, and, yeah. and the process, by the way, you mentioned the process. Mm-hmm. The process is very similar in, in that you would find uh, for each uh, principal individual owner. We're just looking for things like personal financial statements, personal tax returns for three years, a resume, and then the business tax returns if they have an existing business for the last three years. And then for the business that they're thinking about acquiring, and obviously if they're not acquiring or they're not expanding, this wouldn't even be necessary, but the returns for the last three years, current profit and loss statements for the, you know, dated within 90 days, uh, you know, why they're applying for the financing, what the, if there are loans to be refinanced, if we have a copy of those promissory notes, because we have to be confident of the original use of proceeds. Uh, SBA is very funny about that. Uh, and if you're seeking any funds for working capital or those kinds of things, because of the nature of SBA, they will allow us to fund, you know, beyond, again, beyond just the physical assets. And so we're not looking for anything any more uh, detailed than any other institution would be looking for to start a process. And it gets it gets approved at your office. It doesn't then get submitted to the government to get approved, or does it? That, that uh, in the preferred lender, most of the larger institutions in the country are preferred lenders, and they have their own SBA departments. In our case, since that's all we do, every loan decision, every underwriting decision, all the closing and the and the uh, the loan payments and so forth are the servicing of the loan after the closing are all handled directly by Live Oak Bank. And so there we're not uh, calling the SBA to ask them questions about certain things and then they're sending back information and we're trying to get it from the borrower and that's what makes the process cumbersome. Mm-hmm. Is we eliminate all that by when you're dealing with Live Oak Bank, you're dealing directly with the person who's going to be making your loan decision. Great. No, now, uh, no smoke and mirrors. No Kurt. <laughs> no, you know, Doug. You know, in times like these, there's, um, you know, there's lots of opportunity, especially with um, you know regulations changing and people who may not have been able to own a crematory can now do that in certain states and um where like i'm just wondering like there's probably people thinking that you know they would never have thought it because well i you know i haven't gone to the bank or i don't want to you know deal with the bank because i'm not gonna you know they're not gonna lend me a hundred thousand dollars or whatever it's gonna be where like for the for the funeral home owner or the funeral entrepreneur Where's an opportunity that they can, um, you know, and let's say that they have an existing business that they might be missing out on and that you've been able to help other people, like, all of a sudden um, do some, you know, either some forward integration or backward integration into their into their value chain? Yeah, let me use an example, if I can, Rob. I think it would be uh, helpful. There is, uh, 
There's a firm out there that's operating a 200-call-a-year business doing quite well now. They've been thinking about adding a crematory for the last five to ten years but just haven't pulled the trigger, uh, and, and mainly because they maybe they don't want to incur the incremental uh, hundred to hundred fifty thousand. Maybe they got to make an addition onto the garage to do it, and you know, get the get the equipment in place and so forth. And they've got a great relationship, and they're continuing to use some local supplier for that. Or uh, in the case of a rural funeral home, maybe some quasi local funeral home. But in the next town, there's a seventy three year old guy who should have sold his business ten years ago. That's still hanging on for dear life and trying to figure out what he's going to do. This is the biggest challenge that I have seen in the in the last 15 months. Is as gentlemen and and I shouldn't say gentlemen, families still in the funeral business who should have gotten out 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Their business is worth less every day that they stay in it. And so the guy that's uh, been thinking about expanding his business sees that as an opportunity. The business is worth two million dollars in the next town. So at the same time that he refinances his current debt on his current 200-call business, he also adds the crematory for, let's say, $150,000 to make a round number. Mm-hmm. He goes to the next town, and he buys that business in the next town for $2 million, and we can use the existing cash flow value from his existing business and the cash flow that exists in the business that he's purchasing so that he may not have to put a, uh, any money down on this on this uh, transaction. And, then, and so he finances this all into one new loan. And so he's expanded his operation into the next town. He's bought the guy in the next town. And there's an opportunity there that's, that's uh, not going to be a good opportunity five to ten years from now. Mm-hmm. But it is one today. And so you can fold all that into a new loan, and the new loan payment may be fairly close to what he's making at his existing location today because of stretching it out over the 25-year term. Wow. And so this, this is how a guy can win. There are literally in funeral service thousands of businesses. What is going to happen to all those 75 call-a-year businesses out there when their cremation rate that has been 20 for the last forever suddenly becomes 50. Mm-hmm. Those 75 call-a-year businesses will not continue to be able to, to function properly. They're going to they're be going in the tank, and maybe the guy who is the 250 call-a-year business in that mar- marketplace, maybe he needs to be making the decision of what's going to happen with those 75 call-a-year places rather than just waiting on them to die on the vine. Mm-hmm. If he thinks he can go out and get all that business without uh, without buying them or doing anything to try to go get them now, then that may be a good strategy. But it also may be a good strategy to go buy four of them, add 300 more calls to your existing uh, 200 calls, and create something more important than you have today, and we can help him do that. Well, it sounds like there, there's a great opportunity there because, yeah, you're you're describing many, many scenarios, um, you know, from coast to coast. The, the biggest challenge at funeral service today that I can see from the banking perspective since I've sort of started looking at this from a slightly different angle is how many businesses out there should have been out of the business 
either transferred to the next generation, which we can help with. They should have transferred the business to the next generation and let the younger guy take it over and do something good with it. Or they should have sold the business if there's not a, a succession plan in place and they're hanging on for dear life and they don't know what to do and then their health starts failing. And then they're pressed into action mm-hmm. in, in a, in, without having given the opportunity, given themselves the opportunity to even think it through. And that is the biggest opportunity for those businesses that want to flourish and want to implement all the new ideas that they can, that they know what to do because they're running a 200 to 250 call a year business now where they're doing it. And they just take that method and apply it to the new business. And it's almost a reclamation business. You can go out and reclaim these once solid businesses, a 100 call a year business that's now become a 65 call a year business because of its, you know, the last 10 year drop. And and that is a huge opportunity for someone to get this right and to do well with it. And, uh, and we could help with that. Wow. That's, uh, yeah, that's, you've, you've, <laughs> my brain's starting to go off with ideas and, and, you know, people that this could uh, really be beneficial for. Um, Oh, that's great. Well, hey, Doug, you know, before we wrap up, is there, uh, you know, anything else that I haven't asked asked you and, and the folks should know about, uh, um, you know, what, what you and Live Oak can do for them? One of the things I think that makes us unique is that in each area of our bank, including funeral service, we have people on staff who, are, who have historically been working in that business. Uh, you don't have to teach the bank funeral service before you can talk to us about a loan for a funeral home. And that makes a big difference. Uh, If you go into a conventional lender who's making a gas station loan this morning and a dry cleaning loan this afternoon and a different kind of loan every day, and then suddenly you start talking to them about a funeral home loan and it's so uniquely different in a lot of ways, Uh, cash advances, pre-need, all these kind of things that a conventional banker just kind of rolls his head and says, this is way more than I wanted to know about a pig. <laughs> they, just, uh, they, they just immediately flush the idea, and it makes it difficult. You don't have to do that with Live Oak Bank. With Live Oak Bank, because we've got people who are involved in the business, and we have people who were not involved in the business, underwriters, closers, loan officers, who don't do anything every day but funeral service loans. I think it may be even important to point out the fact that even within Live Oak Bank, the people, the underwriters, the closers, the loan officers who are working on veterinary loans don't work on funeral home loans. And the funeral home loan people don't work on pharmacy loans. Mm -hmm. So even within our bank, we're very focused on the specific area that we're working in. The niche that we're working in is where our total focus is. And so if you're an underwriter and all you're doing every day is funeral home loans, then you get pretty good at knowing what to look for. And uh, I, I will say that in our first year in, uh, in the funeral business with Live Oak Bank, we've been very successful doing more than closing more than $50 million in loans in our first year. Wow. And I believe that part of the reason that we are efficient in that manner is because you don't have to teach us the business from the beginning of the loan process. 
we understand just enough about it to be dangerous, and then we rely on the provider, the funeral provider, to teach us any specifics about his specific way of operating that we need to know. And we know just enough questions to ask, and I know enough questions, having done this for 35 years now, to know what we're looking for and who's a good provider and who's not, who's, who's a marginal provider. And I will tell you, I don't, I'm not necessarily uh, saying this other than to, to point out the fact that we're probably turning down one out of, uh, I'd say three out of every four loans that we do that we get applications for. So we're not exactly, we're not in the reclamation business either. Mm-hmm. But we are in the business of helping the guys who are doing it right and doing it well and are financially sound to expand their business into reclaiming uh, some of those businesses that are losing volume or have lost volume or they can uh, expand their own footprint and do well with it because they know what to do and they have the energy and enthusiasm that funeral service is going to be around for a while, as we do. Yeah, it sounds like you're not... um you know the the people who are in a desperate situation you're you're not for them like like in your example uh you know the funeral home a town over with the 75 year old owner that's maybe not your business but for the for the forward thinking funeral director slash entrepreneur um you know that's probably more in your sweet spot um and you know who are, right. who are really making a, a push to to expand their expand their their business. Not only to expand it, but obviously they haven't been successful in maintaining their success where they are if they're not doing a lot of things right. And there's only so, so many things they can do within their own town. Like there's there's only right. going to be so many people die, right? So. Well, that's that's depending on the size of the town. Yeah. Yes. Uh, you know, if you're in L.A., then there's a pretty good-sized marketplace there that is probably being underserved to some degree or another. Mm-hmm. And if you're doing it well and you can attract people, then you have a real opportunity. But if you're in small-town America, like most funeral homes are, you're absolutely right. Well, Doug, this sounds sounds like a great service that um, that you and Live Oak Bank offer. How, um, like, what's the next step for someone who wants to... Um, you know, run uh, run a situation by you. What uh, the next step would be simply uh, Rob to contact me. Just give you a call or send you an email and That's go correct. from there. Exactly, and I'm sure that you can uh, uh, publish those things. Uh, my number is five zero four two eight nine six four seven one. My uh, email address is Doug Gober at liveoakbank dot com. That makes it real simple. Well, hey, Doug, this has been great. I really appreciate uh, you know you coming on and, and sharing uh, what you do. And uh, hopefully, uh, you know, there's going to be some folks listening that uh, uh, can use your services and uh, you can help each other out. Rob, in closing, I would just say that, uh, that we have been able to foster the belief that has been mine for a long time, but it's especially uh, poignant today. There has never been a better time to be in funeral service than today. And if you don't believe that, you really need to get out. And if you do believe that, then you need to figure out how to win and win big. And uh, we can help with that. Absolutely. Well, that's great. Well, I'd like to thank Doug Gober of Live Oak Bank. 
and uh, make sure you check back soon for, for another Funeral Showcase interview. On behalf of FuneralGurus.com, this is Robin Heppel.